0: Hi, I'm Kay Sellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And this is the In It Together podcast. No matter what level of experience you have in real estate, navigating the ever-changing real estate market can be tricky. Each week, my co-host Mark and I will bring you valuable tips, tricks, and trade secrets from our favorite industry experts, colleagues, and friends. Sit back and relax because we're about to get started, but most of all, I hope you realize that no matter how complicated the real estate industry can be, you're going to walk away knowing we're in it together.
1: All right, welcome on today's episode. Our guest is Kim Pounders from Shelter Home Mortgage. Kim's been uh, a real estate loan officer for almost 20 years, and she was has been with Shelter Home Mortgage since 2015, and she's a senior loan officer and coach with Shelter in Town Team, which has received Shelter's President Award for the last 70 years, as well as the MBAG Diamond, Platinum, and Gold Awards uh, for multiple years, honor, honoring loan originators who have demonstrated excellence in their field. So welcome, Kim. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: We're so
0: happy to have you here.
2: I'm excited to be here.
0: This is, going to be a, this is going to be a lot of fun. So Kim, you told me you grew up in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Let me say that quick, like three times. <laughs> um, and you started a career in engineering before you got into mortgages and real estate. So tell us a little bit about that journey for yourself.
2: So... I've always had, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and I've always believed that real estate was a way to create financial freedom and freedom with your time. And as an engineer and you're working for someone else, you swap hour for hour. And I had an opportunity, I was looking to invest in real estate And I had some mutual friends, uh, was teaching someone how to kayak for an adventure race. She's like, what are you doing on your dining room table? And I said, I'm looking to invest in some properties. She goes, I have a business opportunity for you. And I lived in Montgomery, Alabama. She was like, hey, here's this property. You want to join forces with me and flip it. I put in my notice and headed off to Nashville and flipped my first property in East Nashville.
1: Nice, that's, that's amazing. Very
2: um, and fun. <laughs>
1: that, but you just dove right in. You you quit your job and did it.
2: Yes, it's. I've always just there was this passion um, for real estate for some reason.
0: Nice. What? So you went to Nashville just because you had a friend who you know had a business opportunity for you. How long were you there before you transitioned over to Atlanta and you became an investor here too, right?
2: So I own several primary residents here. Um, I have my first offer on an investment property here in Atlanta now. We'll see how that works out. There's about five units on it. So fingers crossed. Um, So I was in Nashville, I think, for about 10 years, uh, flipping properties, it was right before 9-11, started flipping properties, and I there was this mortgage person that was recruiting me, um, and I just started dabbling in it and found this niche to help investors get mortgages, um, so then when the crash happened, I had several properties, so I was just sticking it out, making sure those properties were rented. And there was an opportunity to join a bank here in Atlanta. And in the bank, I was going to be helping with the processing department, underwriting department, and I could originate. Well, we know that origination is commission only, and this was a salary job. And this gave me another opportunity to learn something about the mortgage business that I didn't know. And I'm a big believer, this is where the engineer comes out. If you know everything from start to finish, it can help you create a clear plan.
1: Hmm. That's so true. I had a um banking background when I got into real estate and I didn't realize how much that was gonna help me mm-hmm. uh, be an agent because I really understood I I had done loan underwriting, I had um you know pulled credit. I it was back in the day when we used to like, you know, use a pencil and paper to figure uh-huh. out that
2: ratio. <laughs> Yes. Um,
1: and I didn't do mortgages. I just did uh, consumer loans, HELOCs, things like that. But it really is true. Like if you understand sort of the, the bigger picture, it helps you um, with your particular part of the puzzle. So I yes. love like that. Very cool. Well, one of the other things I know that you're good at is um, coaching people and you coach other loan officers. And I know you've coached some of our agents in the past during a couple of um uh, events we've had, and you help people foster relationships. Um, so, what do you think um, is something that is a missed opportunity for agents? That what what are, what are they missing when they're working with uh, their clients these days?
2: The biggest thing that I see right now that's going on is educate educating your clients on what the current market is in their neighborhood. So I. Last night I was doing a loan consultation with uh, a buyer. They're approved, and we were—they were like our top sales price is five fifty. And I go, excellent. So your payment is twenty six oh eight. You're okay with that? Yes, I said. So since we've spoken, interest rates have gone up. And are you comfortable if your payment is twenty six fifty? They said no. Then they proceeded to tell me by me asking more questions that they had increased their range from 475 to 575. Mm. And I said, Well, why aren't you looking at 575? We probably need to go under 550 because you're very payment sensitive. We can't predict what interest rates are going to be. And they were like, Well, we feel like we can get a deal. If I find something at 575, we can get something at 520. I said, well, let's talk about that. And let's talk about what neighborhoods. And at that point, I started educating them. And hey, let's go back to your agent and let's have a conversation to see how long things are, have been on the market and what's selling under sales price. Because what I'm seeing, that's not it, but it's neighborhood to neighborhood. Right. So when I called my agent partner, she was like, oh, this is not happening in the neighborhoods that they're looking but it so education it's the key to everything and you know i believe in you have to ask questions and listen and that's uh-huh. the key listen
1: yeah and you can't you can't man- manage someone's expectations um until you understand where they're at in their head what what those expectations are right so i think that's a great point the the listening thing is something i think we could all get better at
2: yes
0: awesome well so kim as an investor yourself what advice would you give to an agent who is trying to maybe break into being an investor themselves or maybe working with more investor clients
2: so what i'm doing a lot of right now and i've teamed up with an agent and we'll talk about mortgage hacks that kind of thing but Take if you have already have your first home, if you don't have your first home, buy your first home, move into it as your primary residence. But once you have your first home, then you can move out of that primary home, you turn it into an investment property, and you buy another primary residence. We can use the market rent, that 12-month lease you get, to help you qualify. So just do it.
1: I love the the idea of house hacking too. the going from a renter to owning half of a duplex is a lot easier than going from being a homeowner in a single family residence to living in half of a duplex, right? So while you're still okay, like with that sort of condo apartment mentality and experience, that's the time to house hack and, and get into a multifamily property because um, that's, a, a I think, another great opportunity, right?
2: It is. Well, I have an investor I work with. She buys a single-family home. She rents the rooms out. She rented it completely out, turned around and bought another primary residence, rented the room out, all the rooms, turned around and did it again. Wow. And... She is making an incredible amount of money. It's paying for her mortgage and then some.
1: Wow, I love seeing people do that. I wish, I wish I had had the presence of mind to do that at the time when I was buying my first place.
2: I would love to rewind the clock and go back to my twenties.
0: <laughs>
1: for many reasons, we would love to do that. True, true,
0: true. <laughs> Think of how much more you know now, right? Um, but Kim, how does that work though? Like, because I want to say it was you or um, another an agent in our office. So, if someone was looking to buy a duplex, and then you know, let's say they're they were looking at a, a single family home at only a certain amount, they were approved for. It, isn't it true that they could actually qualify for a much higher loan on a property that would be a duplex, as long as a portion of it's rented or has like a verified income?
2: That is correct. So FHA allows you to put as little as three and a half percent down and you can use the other half, the rental, to qualify for that home. That's awesome. I have an investor or she's looking for her second home because she works here part time um, and she's looking for a duplex. And the must is that the renter covers 75% of her mortgage.
0: We'll shift gears for a second. If you had to pick one thing that you would attribute your success to in this business, what do you think that would be?
2: First is believing in yourself um, and then surrounding yourself with successful people that are doing the things that you inspire to do. Um, Hire a coach, have mentors that has, you know, Always move the needle for me is the mentors, the coaches, and the people that I surround myself. With.
0: That's a huge thing. I love that. My business always doubled when I had coaching in the past. You know, it's it's one of the best things like you could do for yourself for sure. It's like therapy, but for your business.
2: It's <laughs> and it, you're you're investing in yourself. And I remember. The first time I paid for a coach, I had to put it on a credit card because I didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. And I was so scared. And when my business doubled, I went, this works. Right. And I've had, no matter what, the first thing with my business is I always have a coach.
1: I love that. One of the um, coaching programs that we work with here a lot is MAPS coaching, which is KW's, you know, uh, in-house coaching company and mastery coaching from mo- with most of the coaches, there is a thousand dollars a month, which when you first hear it as like, you know, as an agent, you're like, I have to spend a thousand dollars a month. Cause you know, as agents, we tend to spend as little as possible, um, right. on everything. Um, but when you think about it, $12,000 a year, to increase your business. And to Casey's point, if it, if it doubles your business, isn't that worthwhile? Like it's, it's the return on investment on coaching is amazing. Um, And I think people have a sort of a limiting belief about it, that it's, it's a cost. And to your point, it's an investment. Yes. Love that. So if you had um, for your business, one overarching philosophy or a, a mantra that you have um, what would that be? I, lo- I love to ask uh, other entrepreneurs what their sort of overarching philosophy is.
2: That's a tough one, Mark. Um, I- I'm gonna say, be present, smile, and enjoy, and be present, uh, mm. and work in your business, but be present.
1: That's great. So simple yet so effective.
2: <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes. <laughs>
1: uh huh i don't think i have one but one of mine is be kind um and it's it's not a lot it's not hard to be kind and it pays dividends and i always try to impart that on people when they have a tendency uh, real estate agents tend to you know find themselves in a lot of contentious situations and the natural instinct is to fight um versus yeah. um, to collaborate and i always try to remind people kindness will always win. Like and you, even if you have to be firm, you
0: can do it kindly. That's correct. Cool. Mine was was always believe in yourself the way you've always wanted other people to believe in you. Mm. Because there, I don't know, there were a lot of times I think in my life where I've looked up to people and I might have been disappointed in some way, like for whatever reason in, in their relationship, or we just didn't click. And so I was like, well, instead of me trying to get validation from, you know, somebody that I admire who maybe isn't, you know, giving me that, that same attention back, I'm just going to, you know, believe in myself the way that I'd want them to believe in me. Mm -hmm. And it really propelled me forward in a lot of ways. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I like that.
0: Awesome. Um, So I guess on the same kind of lane that we're already in, Kim, do you have a favorite business book or just book in general?
2: Oh, that's my favorite hobby case is reading. Uh it's so I when I think of favorite business books, if I have time, I'll talk about two. My first is Extreme Ownership. And I read this book a couple of years ago. And it was difficult reading the stories, but when you Think about as a leader that if you take ownership and it's my job to lead and to help and, you know, get us across the finish line, because we have a tendency to go, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. And when you look internally, hey, what could I have done differently? And when I had that mindset, when I would go, wow, how did what can I do differently? What can I do better? And I took ownership my outlook on everything just changed so number one that's my favorite book most recent book that i read that i felt like was just great timing was fanatical prospecting Mm. and just remembering pick up that great little tool you have that's called a phone and use it and call people and create those relationships and there is not an easy way in this business. You must prospect.
1: Yeah, you have to connect with people. Like, There's no two ways about it. And especially in a market where you know the units are down, the number of homes being sold is down 40% over last year. You need to talk to more people. So yes. you're not gonna be able to survive with just the people that are in your database unless you're okay making 40 to 50% less. Um, if you're okay with that, great. Don't talk to anyone new. <laughs> but um, for those of us who don't like to go backwards in income, uh, it's always a good idea to you know keep adding to your database. And the only way to do that is to connect with people. I think the pe- people uh, overcomplicate that and they try to make it harder than it is, and it's it's just picking up the phone, sending a text, sending a, a private message on you know Instagram, whatever it is, like having some sort of connection.
2: Well, that's, Mark, I think you sent out something asking people, what is your one word? Connect is Mm -hmm. mine. Because I think it's so important, you know, over the last two years, our market has been easy. It's been, I'm not, I shouldn't say easy because we worked really, really hard and if you were working with buyers, you put in multiple offers and you had to throw everything in and now it's shifted to a more normal market and it definitely it's double down connect and have relationships with more people
1: absolutely and and you're right it's double down on the basics like it's not there's no magic pill there's nothing super fancy about it it's just double down the basics which is talk to people
2: right mark we got in the business you had to talk to people right
1: absolutely we didn't have social media
2: uh, wait, and too. It was,
1: he too started pre-social media as well. Yeah, I do. yeah, even though he looks like he's you know a lot younger than us.
2: <laughs> it's it's been so transactional, and I just find it refreshing to have the time to create and get back to having relationships.
1: Well, and I feel like we can add more value right now because there is a lot of confusion about what's happening in the market, and I feel like it's our duty as real estate professionals, to be educating everyone around us on what's happening so that they can have a realistic perspective because the the narrative in the news is always gonna be um, uh, uh, inflated uh, to be something more sensational than it really is.
0: What is the best piece of advice you've gotten that you would wanna pass along to others?
2: You know, it, it comes from the books I've just mentioned take ownership really go that extra step and look inward and pick up your phone use it for other things other than social media
1: (laughs) you you mean you can do something on the phone other than scroll through instagram
2: you can you can it's amazing if you put it in front of people that are supposed to make sales calls they can find something else to do (laughs) (laughs) I i love it Well, thank you
1: so much for coming on the show today, Kim. Um, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Uh, well, thank you both for having me. You can reach me at 404 877 2727. So that's an easy one to remember.
1: Absolutely. And use
0: your phone to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a great tool.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, awesome. That's all for us today. And we hope you enjoyed our segment. Please don't forget to like and rate our podcast on your preferred podcast platform because the more ratings we get, the more we can naturally build our audience with cool people like yourself. I'm Case. And I'm Mark. And we're in it together.